Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Shoes and I boarded the plane. Touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. Welcome to your Thursday edition of Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon is your host. We don't have Jason Bonington today. He has a uh, conflicting in- engagement, so he's left it in my capable hands. And if you're listening on the way down to Geelong, Jason, best of luck for today, mate. Uh, show, it's a, it's a standard sort of Thursday show, I would like to say, in a sense. Uh, we turn our attention generally to uh, Saturday night's harness racing at uh, Tabcourt Park, Melton, it is back to now. So we have a few guests lined up uh, in the first hour, certainly, to do with Saturday night's racing at Melton. And our first guest, Keith Kenner, has a real Riverina flavour. We, uh, we've had a strong relationship with the Riverina. And, uh, of course, his son, Drew, is pretty active on Twitter as well. So it'd be nice to meet Keith. Uh, I found out some interesting things about Keith in my preparation and trained a lot of horses that have only had a handful of starts for several wins. So, but things may have changed there. It just seems like uh, he's had a method throughout of getting a few wins out of horses and then uh, selling them on. But maybe, just maybe, that has changed. I've also got Kate Hargraves on. A couple of reasons uh, for having Kate on. She's got uh, three runners in on Saturday night at Melton, including well-defined I was just wondering the other day, well defined, he's not in a position where he's going to make the Inter-Dominion Trotters heats. We still don't know if it's going to be two or three heats. I think we all well know my position on uh, whether there should be two or three. There should be three. There's three heats he could potentially scrape in a well defined. And to be honest, the horse known as Flick, I think an Inter-Dominion series would absolutely suit him to the ground. He just seems that sort of horse that would just back up three starts in a week and then back into a final or maybe a consolation the week after. He's just a horse, I think, would get better throughout the uh, camp, throughout a uh, Inter-Dominion series. But maybe Kate's got other plans. Maybe if everyone else targets that Inter-Dominion series, it's a whole heap of Trotters Cups on in, around the Inter-Dominion, after, before it. Maybe she'll target all of those whilst the others don't target them. Uh, we know Weldefine was such a uh, Cups champion from a few years ago. It's been a while since he's won a race, but he's earned a lot of prize money. So I'm just interested in uh, Patrick from Melton. Dora calls some River Inner Segways to follow up after Garrick Knight Wednesday's Tobes. Uh, most likely you do recall that, Patrick. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see Kate's plans on well-defined. And also, a little horse called Ludicrous, who ran second at its second start in a heat of the Nutrient Equine Phillies, goes into a $175,000 final, if you don't mind, umpire. And that's Saturday week. Uh, It's a big deal for Kate to have a horse in that race that ran second. In a very intriguing race, uh, the heat was run. Uh, she settled three back defence, Ludacris. She dashed around with real zip, took the lead, slowed them up for Nathan Jack, and then got run down, ran second to Danny Thackeray's horse. Victorian trainers having a really strong hand. There was only one heat. So they all go into the same race, into the final. Uh, some sort of a chance to win 85000 for first, 35000 for second. A couple of good checks there. And I'm sure Kate is really focused on that race, as well as the rest of her team, of course, but really focusing in on that race with Ludacris. So we'll catch up with Kate 
That's all in the first hour. Mick Gurren, of course, from NZ. Uh, off the top of the hour in the second hour at 12 o'clock. We'll catch up with Mick. I'm not sure what uh, in particular we will be talking about. It's, it's a real calm before the storm, isn't it, for the feature class horses. Lock and Var Arts returning this weekend. Be very interested what he opens up at Lock and Var Art. Very, very difficult to win at that high Melton Metro level first up. It's just a different beast. At that level, at free-for-all level, to come in first up, I, I would be astounded if he beats all them. If he beats all them, look out. He is back to nearly his best. To come off the second row and beat all them, very, very difficult. If he was drawn to sit behind the leader or something, different story. Uh, I'd expect he could run a really good fourth or fifth on, on Saturday night, like in Varad or even place. But to think first up from a spell, a long, long spell, I know he's had those few trials. To come back, he's going to have to work around him three wide, go to the chair, and what, they're going to run 54, 55 or something? Please, please. He's going to have to be at his, nearly his best to do that. So hard to see that happening, but I'll be intrigued as to what he opens up. I would have thought he was a, a $6, $7 chance. We've got a funny feeling he'll start a lot shorter than that. Now, there is just something I did want to touch on in this opener as well. Oh, and Jamie Cockshut, of course. And we've got driver Corey Bell, who's headed down to Tassie to come on for a chat as well. For those that saw the Twitter post, uh, those stats are, of course, Corey Bell's. And we'll go into all that with Corey Bell. I did notice something out of uh, Ararat. They got a harness racing meeting on Sunday at Ararat. And I just absolutely love what Sharon Ralph and the crew at Ararat are doing at the moment. They're really getting engaged with their local community in other ways. And they've got a fundraiser on Sunday, raising money at the Ararat Trots for the East Grampians Hospital. And this is a great way for harness racing clubs, and I've got a bit of a background in harness racing clubs, as many would know. Get engaged with your community in other ways, and running a fundraiser at the trots for the local hospital, a great way to engage a whole heap of different people. There's nine races on. The first is at 11.30 and the last at 3.47. Bring the family down for a fun day of harness racing, bar and tab in operation. There'll be a sausage sizzle and a kiosk. will be stocked with Clark's pies, pasty sausage roll sandwiches, rolls, hot dog slices, and plenty more. Uh, there's raffle, all sorts of raffles going on to raise money for the cancer ward at the Ararat Hospital. Trainers and owners, thanks to our race sponsors on the days, police notes will be inscribed rug to winning connections of all races on the day, so all nine races will have a beautiful rug. The Ararat Harness Racing Club would like to acknowledge all their race sponsors, all money that has been given to the club to name races will be donated to the cause. Uh, we appreciate your donation and waiting to be part of a fundraising day. Please consider coming down to the track on Sunday and see if, and even if you know nothing about harness racing, come and see why we love it all so much and we're hoping to raise money for a worthy cause. There's lucky members, draws, there's all sorts of things on the day. It's just a great initiative, wonderful stuff, and anyone involved in local clubs is a real lead there from Ararat at the moment on how they're engaging in their, with their local community. Big Fella says a dollar seventy odds for Lock and Varart. I haven't, I haven't even looked at a dollar seventy. Big Fella, oh my god, that is the lay of the week, if you ask me. Oh, he will, he will have to be at his best to win that race at a dollar seventy. That is significant unders. I, I, it's not that I don't believe you, big fella, but I'm just going to have to check it for myself. A dollar sixty and a dollar oh eight on the TAB. Wow, seventeen twenty meters. Uh, yeah, Bonsell Benjamin won the Inter Dominion. He's nineteen dollars. I know it's not the strongest race uh, as far as free for alls go, but he's going to have to come around him three wide. He's going to have to sit outside him. He's going to do all the work. He's first up off a long, long break. Well, if he wins that, uh, he he really is stamping his authority as to how good he, he could have been over the last 18 months. Supreme dominator, James Herbertson. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting race anyway. <laughs> Tango Tara, Torrid Saint, Reactor now went really well last start. Uh, rack him up Tiger Pie, ran a really good race three starts back when he ran second. Even an Aussie Batwell will be somewhere back on the pegs. He'll be dashing through 
Yep, be a very interesting race on Saturday night. Uh, $1.70, I'll be laying him 100% of the time. Let's get a break away. It's our first break. We'll come back with Keith Kenner, uh, one of our Riverina men who we haven't had a chat to before, but we do enjoy getting them on. He's more of a gentleman of the sport, I'd say, than some of the likes from the Riverina, and I won't mention Grant's name, uh, of course. <laughs> let's, let's get this break away. We'll catch up with Keith on the other side. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. Just Toby McKinnon here today. And, well, not just me. I've got Keith Kenner on the line a name I wasn't overly familiar with, but uh, I've done a little bit of prep and found out a bit about him. But firstly, Keith, uh, mate, how are you and uh, whereabouts are you today? I'm in Narendra. I'm very well, thanks. Tell us, what, what do you do in Narendra? I, I come across uh, a Keith Kenner that works, I think, at a sewer treatment plant. That's that's me, uh, yeah. Both my, me and my son, we both work for the Narendra Shire Council. Drew's... Uh, a team leader for uh, the urban area. Yep. And I'm I'm a, I'm a team leader for water and sewer in Narendra. Yeah. Okay. So what does that involve in a day? Oh, it can involve a lot of things during a day, and today's one of them. We've got sewer chokes, water leaks. Um, yeah, anything could happen during a day. And you're on the phone talking shit with me. <laughs> well, I always say it's always the shit, shit that varies. How depth, the depth of the shit that varies when you're in this job. Hundred percent. I'm not sure we're even allowed to say that, but I said it, so let's go with it. Now, <laughs> t- take us a bit through your harness racing career. There's a lot of horses that I counted up. Seven horses that I found that have had twenty, twenty or less starts for you, but won at least two or three races, and you've had thirty-two wins at twenty-two percent. Seems a lot of horses that you've you've had for a short period of time and then and then on sold them. Is that been is that right or is that something that's been a bit of a plan? Yeah, if if we get the right money for them, yeah, we'll um, and depending on their ability, um, yeah, um, yeah, that's what we normally do. Like we sold a nice horse um, last year to, I think Paul Fidge was training it in Victoria. She would have been a nice horse, but she would have taken a bit of time. And Paul's had a great run with her. She's probably won over twenty thousand since he's had her. Yeah, uh, her name was Imperial's Reason. Yeah, yeah, she been she she won several races in a row. Uh, went to Birdship, yep. won at Birdship, and then won the final at Charlton in really impressive fashion. I know he's really happy with her. I think she's got a bit further to go yet too. So. It's been a lot well, like it's been a lot like that though, hasn't there over the over the years? The horses you've bred as well. Yes, yeah, we've had some very nice horses. We had a nice horse called Eagle's Ace. He he won quite a few races. Um, we've got a, a mare that we're about to get in foal called Imperial's Gem. She won a Grid Three race at Menangle. We only we only ever train normally two horses because of our work commitments. And um, yeah, we've had a we've had a pretty good run over the years. And um, it probably all started with Eagle's Ace. Um, yeah. He was a very nice horse, but. We were having trouble with him eating at one stage and um, we got onto a, a feed called Southern Cross and we've um, sort of kicked goals since then. We've had no problems with any our horses and, um, yeah, they licked the bin after hard work and everything. So, yeah, and Drew, Drew, my son, he does most of the... He does all the fast work. Yeah. I do the, jo- I do the jogging and, yeah, it's a... It's a Really good combination. Um, if I have to work late one day and he's home early, it, you know, it, it really works out well. So you you don't fast work them together as such? He'll just fast work them individually, very, will he? Very, very unlikely working together. Yeah, they work different types. Um, Barrett, Barrett's had an attendant problem well before we got him and uh, we don't canter him at all. He goes in hobbles all the time in, in case... You know, he does that tendon again, but uh, touch wood, nothing's, it's never looked bad. And we've got another very nice horse. Mick Boots owns both the horses we've got at the moment. Yeah. Uh, one of them's called Cut and Run. He's uh, he's a 
um, Better's Delight Horse 2, he he canters. We do a lot of cantering with him and had a lot of success with him. He come from New Zealand. Um, he's had, I think, 10, 10 or 11 starts for us and only missed the prize money once. Um, he beat that nice horse of, uh, I think it's Mark Thompson's at Wagga, Missed the Truth. Yep, yep, that's it. And then, and then Mick missed, um, he got a, had an incident in the paddock where he hurt himself and uh, we had we were going to go to Shepparton for that three-year-old race down there and missed the truth, won, won that $20,000 race at Shepparton yep, yep. a while ago, yeah. So, what, what's your connection to Mick Boots or uh, you just know him from around <laughs> the area and oh, he, he, oh, he's a pretty good fella and he's a bit of a laid-back character too? Well, you could nearly describe him as a bit of a larrikin, you <laughs> yeah, know? correct. Um, how Mick, it's a funny story how we got Barrett. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hire Mick a lot of times to do work at the council for digging sewers and stuff like that. And I asked him, could I have one of his good workers over here digging? I'd probably want it for six weeks. And she was, we ended up doing a massive amount of new water mains in the town. And she was there for two years. Yeah. And I jokingly said to Mick, I jokingly said to Mick one day, he was having horses every, I said, what about a horse for me? He said, what do you want? <laughs> I said, oh, I jokingly said, better's delight. And he, he rang me back about three days later and said, there'll be a better's delight there on Wednesday. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. Nope. <laughs> and it was Barrett. He wasn't happy with the way it was going where it was. And, um, yeah, we've, we've had, um, we've probably had more than 20 starts with Barrett. And we won a half, um, Brutus thing in Victoria for him. And, I think he's won around 50000 since we've had him. Yeah, he won the, the Milbray at Tamora as well. And t- tell us a bit. Yep. He ran third in the Riverina Regional Championship at 150 to 1 to Rock and Roll Runner and Defiant, which is a pretty good result, and ran seventh in the state final. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's really good when the pace is on. Like, the last two times we've gone to Victoria with him, they've walked up front and he's got no hope. Um, yeah, he went re- he went. Super in that um, championship one at Wagga. He was, yeah, he certainly did. Come from a fair way back again and um, got home along the fence and ran third. And he, he's running. He only got beaten about eleven metres in um, in the final in Sydney. Yeah. And he goes. He comes down to the Tab Big Bread Championship and a championship heat. And he, he draws Barrier Five, which is a bit of a tricky draw, isn't it? Yes, yeah. He hasn't had a good draw for ages, but and then you run into that nice horse of Andy Gatz. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So you also took him up for the JC Caffin Plate at Menangle. Was what was the reasoning behind that? Was there a connection to that Indigenous race at all? No, there was no connection. We just thought we didn't know how strong it'd be, and uh, we were hoping to draw one of the better drivers. And um, yeah, things didn't go too good that night. Yeah, okay. I just... wasn't, driven, wasn't, driven, wasn't driven to instructions. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, they were, I'm sure they were trying because it's a race that I know everyone that enters oh, that yeah, race yeah. tries to win so desperately. Yeah. And for them, it's like an Inter-Dominion final, you know. It's a, a real proud moment yeah. for them. And, and, and I've seen you, vent, you entered, it, entered uh, Barrett into another, like a ladies' driver's invitational race as well. And I just like people supporting those races. So I just wondered what the connection to it was, that's all. Well, usually the ladies' drivers are um, non-penalty, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can pick up one like that. It's very handy. Very good. All right, Keith. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. And uh, uh, nice to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And uh, hopefully uh, you're there in the winner's circle on Saturday night. I'm there Saturday night, so I'll I'll try and get down and say good day to you. Is Drew coming down with you as well? Yes, Drew. Yeah, pretty hard to keep him away. Yeah, or, yeah all right. He's... he's yeah, pr- He's as keen as mustard. Keen as mustard. He's pretty prolific on Twitter uh, too as well. So I see a bit of his stuff on Twitter. So uh, hopefully uh, you'll get hold of this and share it around too so all the Riverina folk can hear it. Yeah, well, I know I know for a fact he's, he listens to SEN on his, um, his, what do you call them, earphones or whatever he's got. He's walking around of a weekend. He listens to the racing there on Saturday mornings on SEN yeah, yeah. Every, every Saturday. Uh, yeah, very good. Glow you must have that app. Or... Yeah, you'd have the app. Uh, you can download the app and uh, you can listen to it anywhere you go, uh, crystal clear as well. So you can 
Uh, you can cool. listen to all these podcasts, and, and uh, my producer's just giving me a big tick too for that. Uh, this we might cut this up as as an advertisement for the pro, for the program, Keith. Mate, thanks so much. I'll thank let, you. Thank I'll, you very much. I'll let you get back to uh, being uh, gumboot deep. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> There's Keith Kenner, who's uh, back into the. Uh, I don't even know if I'll let her say that word, so I better not say it too many times. He's back into the treatment plant, the sewer treatment plant at Durandera, and uh, job's a job, isn't it? And uh, he's a team leader there, and his son Drew, obviously, uh, a great fan of SEN Track, so always good to get these Riverina people on. And I tell you, it's 20 Fridays till Christmas, which means there's 20 Fridays to get through till I get on the road to Leeton for Breeders' Plate. I am the self-anointed... Uh, ambassador of the Leeton Breeders Plate this year. Self-anointed. Uh, I'll get nothing out of it except maybe maybe I'll get a beer at the bar. We've got a two o'clock hearing. Uh, I can't even remember for something that happened on Twitter between, I think, Blake Jones and might have been Goran Gorioski. So there's plenty to get through that night at the Breeders uh, Plate and I expect uh, a solid performance from all the locals at Leeton for that weekend. I just cannot wait to get to that event. It's going to be a, a great uh, few days up at Leeton because I'm tipping I'll need an extra night to recover. I won't be able to uh, do a hit and run mission. Anyone interested in getting involved, don't be shy. Shout, give me a shout out on Twitter and uh, I'll let you know what I'm doing. You might be able to tag along for the trip. We're nearly up to the 11.30 news. Uh, yesterday's game plan, not too bad a result. We got 250 back at well, very, very close to a much bigger result with uh, my first each way tip who opened $23. It jumped at about $9 or $10. Um, and that's a final bow. It's run second, beating a neck. It nearly got the chocolates. That would have been a massive collect for us. Cash boost, of course, has run a, run a solid place. And when looking at the fields today, I found a couple at Yarra Valley who I thought were really good place chances. And... So I'm going to do it a little bit differently today. In I'm going to give you a game plan, and then I've got a special. I'm going to call it the Big Fella Place Multi. And I'll go through that Big Fella Place Multi and my game plan for today on the other side of the news. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple Car. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon in the host chair. Jay Bond, uh, unable to make it in today. He had a conflicting appointment. Uh, so uh, best of luck to Jace too. If he's listening in on the road today, he is down to where it all started for Jay Bond back in Geelong. Couple of minutes off. Great night, HRV. Uh, yes, uh, great night, on Saturday night, the Victorian Harness Racing Media Association Awards Night. Is it an awards night? or I'm not sure if it's an awards night or what it is, actually. But uh, I've been invited along in the first two or three races, uh, named after some great people of the sport, Bill Glover, Max Agnew, and, there was one, and Rob Gaylard with some memorial races on the night. And I'll tell you, uh, I won't be uh, doing any tips. I won't be judging. Uh, I might... I don't think I'll be doing a game plan, but for those listening, race one, number one, Magic Mike. I've no idea what odds this horse will open it up. Maybe Big Fella can uh, look it up on on uh, a provider that he is familiar with. I uh, only use the tab, of course, because they are the sponsor of Harness Racing Victoria and put so much back into the sport. Uh, the odds aren't up yet for race one, but if uh, Magic Mike... I think drawing gate one on Saturday night at Melton, he gets his chance. It's a long-deserved chance, too. 
you go back through his draws, it's a long time since he drew a gate where uh, the race can be on his racket. I think he's going to get out hard at the start. Uh, I know Jack Law really rates this horse. Uh, Alan Tormey's actually driving it. Jack's driving Captain Belisario. But I think Magic Mike can give a lot of cheek over the 17, 20 metres at Melton. I think Captain Pelissari, I have no doubt, is a better horse. Don't worry about that. He's got much bigger and better things uh, to tackle over the coming months. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Magic Mike might be a bit of value. I don't know what value it'll be. But if it's anything like $8, uh, north of $8, yep. Let's have a little play at Magic Mike for those looking for a tip for Saturday night. Up after the 12 o'clock news, Mick Goulin will be on. We've also got it. We'll then move into our Taz Racing segment. It's correspondent hour with Jamie Cockshart. He'll have some tips for us at Hobart. And we'll also catch up with Corey Bell, a Victorian, making his way in Tassie. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 Welcome back to Trot's Life for your Thursday edition. Toby McKinnon with you and Mick Guren joining us down the line. I just faded you up, Mick, right on cue there so you could uh, clear your throat and get ready for a long chat. How are you, mate? And are you, are you building an arc yet over there? How much rain is happening? Mate, it's hosing down. Uh, Toby, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This afternoon yep. to you and, uh, and to all the SEN listeners over there. Look, uh, it, it's hosing down in Auckland. So I'm in Auckland today. Um, some days I have to sort of wake myself up and remember where I am. But Auckland today, <laughs> and, and, and I want to be too, because there's a really good meeting at Alexandra Park tonight. And copy that, the New Zealand Cup champion of nine months ago returns to racing tonight. But it's it's not going to be um, a, a sexy comeback. It's going to be a really waterlogged, wet night. I'm not expecting it to be a dominant return to the track for him. But I'm really glad he's back, Toby, because I think harness racing struggles when it doesn't have its absolute elite horses on the track. It's just so hard to get traction against the gallopers and even the greyhounds at the moment. And while we saw the carnival in Queensland, which was really good, I enjoyed the carnival. And Ladies in Red was good and the Rising Sun and Majestic Cruiser was good. I still don't think... Maybe ladies and readers, maybe, but I still don't think they're horses who people will say, I'll set the alarm on my phone because I've got to turn on Sky to watch that. I can't not see that. But I think this weekend, while Copy That's not one of those horses, Lock and Bar Art is. And I think having Copy That back, because he is a genuinely very good horse, and Lock and Bar Art, with the potential that Self Assured around the corner and Majestic Cruiser's turning into a good horse. We start having conversations about horses who who might make people turn sky on. And, and I think that's really important for harness racing. It's never been more important because of the situation we find ourselves in. Some of our own making, but also some of the fact that the gallops have become so strong and have so much money and scale to play with. So those horses with eventually the returns of the Sunday Suns and the Bulper Brilliances, and hopefully a return to form for the Majestiosos. I think that's what we need. And even though there was a good carnival in Queensland, um, there weren't many races there where I thought to myself, if I miss this, I'll be spewing. Yeah, yeah, so those yeah. horses coming back this weekend, even though it's winter and even though it's cold and it's raining, it, it, it's a real light at the end of the tunnel for me personally. And by no means is that slagging a horse like Ladies in Red. I think she's a really good horse. But there's something about the big boys whether it's in any footy code and boxing and anything you do, you know when you're seeing the big boys. And two of the big boys are back in the next 48 hours. Do, do they win, though? Does copy that come off 30 metres 
and win? And does Lockenbar Art just what circumnavigate the field? Like he's not off thirty, but he may as well be off fifteen in a sense, drawing the outside of the second row. So does he just circumnavigate the field and just beat them? It's pretty hard. They're pretty hard task first up in the modern era. And enormous. I hate backing horses who are fresh unless their name is Winks or Black Caviar yeah. in those situations. And then, like Sunday's son's probably been the most dominant horse in the last couple of years, and he's been beaten fresh up quite a few times. Mm. Um, Lock I don't know enough about where he's at. I haven't rung Rodney Lakey or David Moran or whoever's looking after the I haven't rung them to know enough. I've seen his, his trials and I hope he does, but I don't think it matters too much. Everybody gives them a leave past Toby in the yeah. first run. Yeah. Copy that's in a different situation. Morris McKendry's a very conservative driver. Um, he's not going to go hooting around the field Unless a horse called Old Town Road, who's the danger to him tonight, happens to miss away because it's a standing start and it's wet. So he misses away. Great. Maybe Morris goes, oh, well, we can afford to beat up on the rest of these because they're not very good. Old Town Road steps away. He'll probably move in front of copy that, get field position and beat him. So I think Old Town Road wins that, all things being equal. The Lock and Bar Art race, we know Lockie's better than them. Then again, he was better than the horses he raced last campaign and they beat him as well. So uh, I think the jury's out more on Lock and Bar Art through no fault of his own, just because he might be a flat-out better horse than Copy That. But uh, he was disappointing by his very high standards last campaign. I think he'll be fine this campaign. He may well still be the best horse in Australasia. But that's a good thing. We get to find these things out over the next weeks and over the next month, and it's going to be interesting. Whereas I think for... Most of the winter, and that includes the Brisbane Winter Carnival, because none of the horses we've just spoken about were there. We were sort of treading water and hoping we saw something special. And again, that's not slagging ladies in red, but let's not forget ladies in red's never won an open class race, apart from the Rising Sun, which is basically, you know, three and four year olds. She hasn't won a great race yet. And us trying to say she's Blossom Lady just yet is putting far too much pressure on her than she deserves. Yeah, no, she's she's a fair way off that. She hasn't done anything in open age or against the boys, and we're not going to see her do that either till next year. So we're 12 months off making a stand on Ladies in Red, and even well, then, she's probably going to stick to Mayor's races anyway. It's funny you should say that. I'm, <clears throat> I've got a couple of big news stories coming out next week. One of them we'll discuss on this show next week. And part of that news story was... Uh, this is for the New Zealand Herald, which will come out on Tuesday morning, was formulating the dream field for the race by Grins, which is the slot race. Now, the New Zealand slot race is different from the Australian slot race. But trying to work out who the dream field is, who would be the best horses in that field, but basing it not on, obviously, every horse on earth, the horses who are likely to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horses who would get a slot and uh, and actually want to be there. And um, it was really interesting, interesting process, because I left Lady in Red out, not because Lady in Red wouldn't make the top 10 horses in Australasia. Absolutely, clearly she would. But I've had an asterisk at the bottom of the field, and this is Lady in Red, Ladies in Red not listed as potentially unlikely to accept slot because she hasn't raced the boys very often, and she comes from a stable who's only ever been to New Zealand once, uh, and it didn't work out for them. So I'm not saying she won't be in the race. I hope she is. God, that would be fantastic. But um, oh, if you've got time, Toby, I'll actually read you the list of the horses I come up with. The best 10, if the race by Grins was run in a month's time, the most 10 likely starters. You've got that list right in front of you? Right in front of me right now. It's on my computer. Yep, hit it. Hit the 10. I thought, I thought about this a lot. Self-assured defending champion. Yep. Copy Tick. that. Majestic Tick. cruiser. Yeah. Lock and Var Art. Yeah. A Spankin may not be everybody's idea of sexy, but he did win the Taylor Mile two starts ago, beating all these horses. Spirit of St. Louis. Expensive Ego. Krug. And South Coast Arden. Now, South Coast Arden could drop off the list, and if I thought Bondi Lockdown would want to come, then Bondi Lockdown would be on the list. Quite clearly, he'd be in the top 10, as would Ladies in Red. But because these stables have never, well, the the Stewart stables travel to New Zealand once, because that's not what they do, um, and there's some doubts over Bondi Lockdown, we haven't seen a lot of them, you know, the second half of this year. So there are horses who could change out, but you could easily change out, for example, Krug or Expensive Ego or South Coast Arden and add in Ladies Red and Bondi Lockdown. And I hope you do. But I had to go also, 
was based on ability, pulling power, and also the likelihood to be offered and accept a slot. And usually people who are going to come are people who have been there before. Majestic Cruiser has been here before. The Moran team has spoken that Lock and Barat may be a New Zealand Cup contender. And Expensive Ego and Spirit of St. Louis are trained by Luke and Belinda McCarthy. Yeah. And they're not scared to travel to New Zealand. So that's, that's a race I came up with. Now, if ladies in red and Bondi lockdown don't come and you have that field... Remembering, of course, catch a wave and those horses aren't going to come because they'll be aimed eventually at the big race over there, the El Dorado, yeah. it's called. Um, that's a pretty good field. Self-assured, copy that, Majestic Cruiser, Lock and Barat, Akuta, Spankham, Spirit of St. Louis, Expensive Ego, Krug, and South Coast Arden. You know, if you take out South Coast Arden and Chuck and Ladies in red, that'd be a pretty sexy race. You know, it's possible, Mick, there'll be a horse in that race that hasn't raced yet. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> because one year, there's going to be a three. A three-year-old draws barrier one in it, right? One year, surely one year, yep. a three-year-old's going to go in it. So at this time of the year, they might have only had a couple of starts as a two-year-old, and they might be a top-class two-year-old that we just don't know it yet and might sweep the last three or four months of the year, come over here, win a Breeders' Crown, go back there, win the Great Northern Derby, and then go in, go in that race. And... Quite bizarrely, you and I could be sitting here this far out, and that horse may not have even raced yet. Yep, or a horse like Old Town Road, who races yeah. not against Copy. That had, had eight nine, starts. He's had nine starts. Nine, is it? Yeah. yeah. Most people haven't heard of him. Yeah, correct. So it, 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 it's not a process I do a lot. I don't make up imaginary fields very often, but I've got a really good story coming out about this night next week. Um, and if you do have the potential that ladies in red, Bondi lockdown, and, and there's a bunch of other very good horses racing around Australasia, horses like Kango and Pembroke Playboy and Cranbourne, that's just naming the New Zealand ones. Um, it's going to be mega. I, I think I'll be surprised if this race isn't a million dollars next year. And I think after the fact that Cambridge is very easy to get to because it's just south of Auckland, which they fly straight into, um, yeah, it could be really sexy. So... Things to look forward to, but obviously more importantly, two of the horses on that list are racing this weekend. And now that's why, Toby, even though it's raining in Auckland and it's a bit grumpy in the weather department, I'm looking yeah. forward to both that and I'm looking forward to Melton. And it becomes appointment viewing for people who care about harness racing. And that's something we've probably lacked quite a bit of um, in recent months. Appointment viewing. I like it. I like it. it, it I like that connotation. You've got to set your alarm. You have to watch the race. And... And you might be out on a Saturday night, and a number of harness people might be out on a Saturday night at a party or a wedding or something, but they'll catch that race with Lock and Bar Art. They'll want to see how copy that went, and, and that's that's what we, we need to get. We haven't had it for a while, but it feels like, Mick, the next six weeks, it'll be every week there'll be a couple of races we have to see in the lead-up to Vic Cup, New Zealand Cups, into Dominions, and the whole thing, it's just kicking off now when the trajectory's taken off. Kicking off in about five hours. And, and it is important because you, know, we, you need those horses. And Sunday, Sun and Bolt for Brilliance, and those horses will bring it to the trotters as well. So, yeah, you know, it's been a long winter. Um, as I said, the Queensland Carnival was good, but not many of the horses on that list were at the Queensland Carnival because it falls at such a tricky time. I think it'll all work itself out in the future. But at the moment, Toby, we have good things starting this weekend. So, umbrella in hand, and what I do is, Saturday night, there's a race I like at Menangle or Melton. I set the phone, doesn't matter if I'm out drinking, doesn't matter if I'm at the footy, pull out the phone, set it for two minutes beforehand, get at the TRB side and watch my races. And that's the great thing we can do it these days because in the old days you couldn't. Yep, very good, Mick. Love having you on and I look forward to catching up next week. And uh, as you say, there's something that uh, we're going to be talking about. So I'm looking forward to that, whatever it is. Look forward to it, Toby. Cheers, mate. There's Mick Gurren, our great Kiwi mate. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life with Toby McKinnon and joined now by Jamie Cockshut down the new o, the OB. We've got the OB line set up for you, Jamie. So hopefully we can hear you loud and clear and you come through a bit smoother than we've had in the last couple of weeks, mate. Firstly, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Toby. Not too bad, mate. Yeah, no, it'll be good to 
you know, get a bit smoother line, but I think we've sorted it all out, mate, and everything will be fine moving forward, Copper. Yeah, no worries. Now, uh, I'll give you a leaf pass on Launceston. I'm not sure how the fields for Friday night can come out on Thursday lunchtime, but they have just come out, and I mean... It'd be no surprise to Ben Yole that he's going there. I suppose he just makes plans and assumes and he's just got to work out which horses are going, but it must be a little bit difficult for trainers and drivers. What about the form analysts, mate? <laughs> <laughs> what about the form analysts? Not all trainers about and drivers. Not all about Jake. <laughs> but, but, but what happened, see, last Sunday we had the meeting transferred to Tuesday, you see. Um, because oh, yeah. of the rain on Sunday, so no horses went around, so they had to wait for the results from the Tuesday meeting about you know yeah, yeah, rating yeah. points and all that. So that's why it's gone back, mate. But you know, in today's world, we can we can you know work around all that sort of stuff, and um, it's not ideal, but it's just the way way things panned out last weekend, mate, with the meeting being called off Sunday. Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough when you put it in those terms. I'll give them, I'll give them a fair leaf pass there. Now, you got any birthday shout-outs, mate? Uh, no birthday shout-outs today, mate. Why is that? Yeah. Are, you, are, you 30, are you 21 again, mate, are you? No, no, I think you, you're uh, the your trainer. Or oh, what? yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'll better, say, better give him a big oh, shout-out. Okay. Mark Butler, who trains a few horses for me. Um He's a sprightly 30-year-old today. I think he's probably closer to 40 than 30. But, no, he's one of the good guys at Tassie Harness, mate, and he's celebrating the birthday today. So uh, good luck to him, mate, and hopefully Christy spoils him for a change. Uh, yeah, uh, best of luck to Mark, and I'll let you explain to him how you forgot it was his birthday. That's fine, Jamie. Now, Hobart Sunday, the fields have been well and truly out, and uh, you're kicking off race one, number one. Here's Henry. <laughs> Yeah, just um, there's the second lead of the two-year-old sweepstakes. It's a bit disappointing, to be honest, Toby. There's only four went around last week in the heat and four this week in the heat. So it's a bit disappointing, the Colts and Geldings numbers. But here's Henry. He's just a professional racehorse. He's drawn the pole. He'll lead and he'll win. That's simple as that. That's just what price we're getting. You know, his right price should be $1.60, $1.65. And he's a very backable odds at, at those odds, even though I'm not an odds-on punter, but... You know, it's better than bank interest, and he'll win. Um, then we'll pop over to race five, number 12. It's a horse I've always had a lot of time, Lancelot. So I'll never forget Barry Rattray telling me when they sell Longfellow that Lancelot's a lot better horse. And the poor Rattrays, a couple of weeks after Longfellow was sold, Lancelot went amiss. Yeah, yeah. So he's taking a bit of time to, to get back, but he resumes again on Sunday night. It's not an easy race. He's drawn Barry 12. But he does have a touch of class, and I reckon he can round up his rivals at you know, around the three fifty four dollar mark. A couple of value plays, a race four, number one, way better. Just drawn ideally. Um, it's no star, but it just always gives its best. And from the pole, if it lobs leaders back, I can just see her popping up the inside up the sprint lane late and going very close to winning at the five or six dollar mark. And then we'll go across to race eight, number eight. He's razor sharp. Just continues to race well, but it's a draw this week. Drawn behind the likely leader in Deverstride, and he's razor sharp, can sprint quickly for 200 metres. So if she ends up lobbing leaders back, I can just see him being too quick for his rivals up the sprint lane. And the one that odds comes up, race two, number nine, and I'm glad to see that the driver's out on it this morning. When I done my tips, I didn't have a driver on it. One of the lads. Um, the driver's driving very well at the moment, and... This will give a good side at 14 or 15 to 1 in this race. It's a stand star race. He's just got a step at the start and he should settle fourth or fifth just behind the speed. And if they do run along, just watch for one of the lads to be getting home strongly out wide. And we'll go a quality, mate. We'll go the first leg 1, 3 and 12. Second leg 4 and 6. Third leg 1, 2, 3 and 5. Last leg 1, 4 and 8. $60 give us 50% of the dividend. And we'll touch on Launceston Table. I've just had a very quick look, so listeners out there, just don't come looking for me if I get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one in the last race, Sumdan, knocking on the door, drawing the pole. I reckon Stable, mate, we salute you, will let him roll the lead. And he's a good horse in front, and I reckon he's, he's ever going to break through again. This is his race in the last Sumdan. Should be $3 or $3.50. And there is one at odds that I do like it each way. Race six, number 12, Vigoroso. It's a pretty open race, but just maps to get the right sort of run into the race in early thoughts. And it should be 5 or $6, so he's worth an each way bet in race six at Launceston on Friday night.
Very good, mate. Uh, see, Sanur Beach is over there. Horse showing a little bit of ability every now and then. It's in that race. Uh, all right, uh, I'll give you a leave pass for Lawn Cessna if you get those two wrong, but that means that you're saying that Hobart's going to be all right and we can take you to task if you miss any at Hobart. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm more than happy to take it at task, mate, if we get it wrong. I've got big shoulders, mate, and I've been doing it long enough, and, you know... When you tip winners, mate, you're a superstar. But when you lose, when you tip one, mate, they soon put you. They soon put you down, mate. As you know, Tobes. But um, we just keep bouncing back, mate. As you know. No, I don't find it too bad. I've had a couple of it go at me on on Twitter or whatever about picking a few losers. But in the main, most people are pretty good, and most most nearly all the listeners on SE and Track here, they they don't mind at all. They're just happy to have a play, and I think they get people get it that when you're giving tips. You're giving up your time and effort and making their life a bit easier. They can have an easy play without putting the hours of work in, if that makes sense. Oh, mate, that's 100% right, mate. That's exactly how I look. <laughs> you know, when I have a bet in the gallops, mate, I just follow Dean Lester or, you know, or David Gately or someone like that, mate, because I've got no idea and they get paid to do the job, mate, and just like we do on the harness. We get paid a few shekels to do it and, you know, if um, we get it right, we get it right, we get it wrong, we get it wrong, but... All we know, we do, we do our best, and that's all we can do, mate. You, you, you don't mind having a bet on the Melbourne Demons. Uh, are they going to win the flag this year? They want to pull their finger out very quickly. Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> like, they're more than capable, but at the moment, like this time last year, I was as bullish as I don't know what. You know, <laughs> I just kept loading up, loading up, loading up. Um, and I've ever had a few dollars on it. Shorter odds this year. They're better odds now than what they were when I backed them. <laughs> but... They're not out of it, but they've got to get their four-line structured, sorted and sorted quickly and very quickly. And I don't know how they can do it, to be honest. Uh, if Tom McDonald comes back in the next week or so, he'll straighten them up, but he's got no match fitness, mate. So that's the only problem with Melbourne at the moment. I don't know who can go forward, whether you know, Max Gorn or Luke Jackson's got to put the hand up. Goodwin's got to say, you boys, one of you go forward for... 80% of the game and just be that big, tall target for the, the smaller fellas down there. Yeah. I hope and Goody's listening because that's what they need to do, mate. Put some big, big fella down there that can bring the ball to the ground. And, you know, Ben Brown's doing it okay, but he's not holding the, he's not taking the marks himself. And that's what's setting us down a little bit at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And then you lose him doing his long leads up the ground as well. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, that's it, mate. So, yeah, I'm not writing them off. I'm not writing them off, but... Um, they just got to improve. I'd like to see them come out and beat Brisbane tomorrow night, which I'm pretty bullish they can, to be honest. Really? Because they, they smacked them six weeks ago by 60 or 70 points. And even though it's at Brisbane, I reckon they can get the job done again tomorrow night. So there's a bet out there for the list. It should be about $2, $20, $2.40 soon. It's at the Gabba, and I reckon we all want to get the job done. I reckon, I reckon my bet on the footy this weekend, we was having one, would be Essendon could possibly knock off Richmond because Richmond can't go up the ladder anywhere. And I just, they might go in at Richmond just not 100% on. And Essendon have had a tumultuous week and the players might just be sparked, you know, in, into action this week. So that'd be my little bet if I was having one on the footy. Yeah, no, well, that's not as, you know, that's not as silly as it seems. There's a young fella who debuted for Essendon that I know, come from Tassie, called Young John Menzi. He played well in his only quarter of football. And they need someone like him back in the team he hasn't played since. So they put him up the four line, mate. He'll a bit of bit of bite and a bit of... A bit of dash up there, and I love to see Essendon going to win, especially for Coach Ben Rutten, because yeah. he's been thrown under the bus in recent days, and it'd be good to see the players live for him on the weekend and, and knock off Richmond, mate. So I'm, I'm on your side there, Toby. 100%. Let's get to a news break. We'll come back to the other side with a very short segment, and then we'll have Corey Bell coming up in the last half an hour. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Jamie Cockshut, Toby McKinnon with you for this half an hour. Jamie, you would have been pretty happy with uh, Hayden Bromack getting the win the other week. Were you on board? No, I wasn't. 
People said, I've got all about it. And I had a few people send me a message, did you back it? And I said, no, because I forgot all about it. It was the first race and it was pretty early in the night, to be honest, and I forgot all about it, Toby. But um, I'm glad to see it finally win for Connections and a few of the fellas that have been following him since he's been over there. They had a few dollars each way at the big odds. So that's what it's all about, mate. And um, it's just good for Ben to finally see break through it at Metropolitan Level in Melbourne, mate. Yeah, I don't know if he had a winner at Metro level in Melbourne before. I don't think so. I'm not sure. He might have had one going back a couple of years ago. I think he said, might have sent one over that, that one there. But whether it was a Metropolitan $20,000 race or just one of the um, $10,000 second tier races, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, mate, uh, we'll get another break in here, a nice early one, so we can spend a good quality time with Corey Bell. He'll be up off the back of this, a Victorian that's just headed down to Tasmania. And he's, uh, geez, his strike rate's sensational. He's got 22% since he's getting down. He's got a big book of drives again on Sunday. So be good to catch up with Corey and uh, see how he's going and, and the spark for the whole move. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Thursday Trots Life. Just Toby McKinnon with you today. And Jay Bond had a clash of appointments. I am joined by Jamie Cockshut down the line. And now Corey Bell gets us as well. Corey, mate, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, look forward to catching up with you. You've had a bit of a few changes throughout your career. I put your stats up on Twitter. It's an interesting read, mate. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what got you involved in harness racing to start off and firstly how you going today uh yeah no i'm very well thank you um basically i just started off i didn't didn't really like, have anything to do with horses and then mum uh her partner now he just used to work a few and i sort of drove one one day when i was about 12 and then just yeah got a lot of it then and then started off i worked for greg norman and and then sort of just, I in my first couple of years, I only sort of got a couple of drives and just poked around, but then sort of got a little bit more serious after that. Yeah, so the after that bit, you went up to New South Wales with Sean Snudden, and in 2014-15, like, you went from just driving a couple of horses to driving 47 winners in 15-16 and 103 in 14-15, and then all of a sudden things changed significantly there. Yeah, it was good. Sean was really good. He's gave me opportunities and sort of, yeah, I read the rewards like it was, it was good for both of us. Sort of, I always thought, I, like, you know, I could got on good with the horses, but just lack of opportunities, you know. I know Vince early on gave me a couple of chances on Stunning Green and a couple of nice horses he had, but I just never really got many drives early on. So it was good to go up there and make a name. Then you've had a little break from the sport, mate, and come back now... Uh, and we find you in Tasmania. How did all that unfold? Oh, I just I did a bricklaying apprenticeship. I just got away from a few years and wanted to get a trade behind me, you know, just in case I came back and gave it a good crack and things didn't work out or something. I always had a trade to fall back on. But for me to come back now, like I have, you know, it was good to have a break as well from my mind and as well because I've been doing it a long time and I've been, you know, Sean Snuns and then Kevin Pizzuto and. And then I worked for Nathan and Amanda Turnbull for a while as well. So yep. it was just good to have a rest from it for a few years and just clear myself and do what I wanted to do. So uh, laying bricks, you might even be able to juggle the, the two into the future. You never know, mate. But laying, yeah. laying bricks sounds like hard work to me. <laughs> no, the labour inside of it's pretty hard, but it's not too bad laying all day. But I've had to have quarters on me sort of. So, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think I would have lasted too much longer doing it. And the decision to move down to Tassie with Ben Yo? Uh, well, ben has spoken a few times over the years, and I just I, I never really you know was I was at Sean's, and then I just I sort of just didn't want to come down. It just you know it's, it's a big change as well, like a big move. But hmm. for me to come back now, this is the right place for me, you know, as a driver and moving forward. I think so. Yeah. 100%. Now, Jamie Cockshut's on the line as well, mate. He's waiting patiently to get at you. Uh, you got some questions for Corey, Jamie? 
Oh, I just thought uh, welcome to Tasmania, mate. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Corey as yet, but I do remember him driving up around the Riverina a few years ago. And um, when Ben mentioned that he was coming down, I thought, well, he's going to come down and he'll make it because he's going to get plenty of opportunities of Ben and, and, the, and the young fella can drive. And um, in the short time he's been here, he has created a, a pretty decent impression on myself and I'm sure a pretty decent impression on many others as well. And... Um, Yes, yeah, just welcome you to Tassie Corey and um, let's hope you hang around for a while, mate, because I can see you having a bit of a future in the state going forward. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure I'll be here for a few years at least, so give it a good crack till I end up. And I've got to congratulate you on, on I think, Tuesday night. There's a couple I, I like that you um, that you actually drove and you drove an absolute treat to win um, RR Reaction and Major General Dujon and... Well, both good odds, and I was pretty keen on both, mate. So if I was in Tassie at the moment, mate, I might have to shout you a couple of beers, but I'm over the other side of the world at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, I'm probably a bit of strife at 500 on R, to be honest. But he's just got such explosive speed. You know, he's you know, got the gap. He, was, he did the rest. He's very, very far forward. Nah, you're right. Once, but that's how you got to drive him. You got to drive him for luck. Sometimes yeah. he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. But you know, he can sprint yeah. as quick as any horse in the state for two or three hundred metres, mate. Once he's got clear room yeah. and and that, and he showed that on Tuesday night. And you know, Major General Drew John, like um, he's come down from Queensland. He's just start. He's took him a while to hit his straps, but he's a dominant winner at Launceston the other week. And I thought on Tuesday night he was just over the odds at eight or ten dollars, and he blew out the twelve or thirteen in the end. I think because. He was always going to get the back of Major Lester. It was just where you could get past him, and you just was able to get that little bit of a little bit of cover coming around the corner. Then you pulled out the top of the straight, and you you ground him down over the concluding stages. Yeah, he, uh, he was he was really good actually because just wanted to lay in a little bit on you know the turn. It's just just probably a little bit tighter than Tom Sesson, but he, he was really good once he the last hundred he really savaged the line I thought he was really good because he wasn't going to win I didn't think and then the last hundred he, he wanted to win which is good and you know like um, that's always good in a horse mate you know when they want to win you know it's hard to get the horses sometimes when you give them every chance and they don't want to win but you know, we'll, we'll head down to Hobart on, on Sunday night you've got a few drives you got you know in the first yeah. you got Bolcher socks on um Resumes, he raced early in two-year-old season, he resumes. He did win a couple of starts ago when he led all the way. I just can't see him find the top on Sunday night because his enemy's got brilliant gate speed. But if you can slot him behind him, you know, early, he's got to be some chance, you know, sneaky chance to, you know, to run second or, you know, or, or maybe surprise me because I'm tipping his enemy as the best bet of the night. But how's he going? And he did trial okay the other night. Yeah, he, he did trial okay. He definitely needed the trial. You know, he had a good blow, but he's been really good this week. And, you know, whatever happens in the heat, he'll be better for the final. You don't have to go out there and, you know, cut him loose and attack for the front and drive him with cover. And, you know, he wins. Runs second at, you know, he's always next week. Bigger and better things next week for the final. Week after, so. No, exactly right. And we're going to race two. You're on one of, I do like at each way odds in this. One of the lads. These are the sort of races he does bob up in it. You know, generally, you know, 10 or 12 to 1. Uh, he's been racing consistently just behind him and he just get the right side of draw for him. As long as he steps early, he should settle in the first half a dozen and, you know, if the gaps open up at the right time or he's got clear running, he's going to hit the line strongly. Yeah, I think he's a definite chance. When I actually looking at the form last night, I, I sort of wanted to really drive him. So I just seen he's putting in some really good runs and that. So I thought, I thought the same thing. Um, moving on to race three, the the second head of the Philly sweepstakes. You're on the first day of a major ideal. It's, it's a very nice bred filly. Um, it's continued to improve every time I score on the trial. So what are your your thoughts out there for the listeners? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a strong field too as well, that filly's. I don't know that either. Carrier goes good, but she'll just hope to just be driven with cover and, you know, she's going to qualify. Does everything right. So hopefully run a place for now. She's nice to though. Oh, that'd be good to see, see her moving forward. Um, race five, you're on Jawbreaker. Um, come over here at his first run, ran a really good race, and then got a bit too much pressure and got a bit keen in the run. He's out of a bit of a freshen up. He's got a good trailing draw. Um, what are your thoughts about him? No, I like him. I think I, I think he'll be hard to beat, in my opinion. He, he, um, I've only driven, I drove him last week at the trials, and 
do it then really sharp so i think he's going to be pretty hard to beat well that's that's a good push there for the listeners because it is a bit of an open race and um he's got a really good you know he should get a good run through early and get in front of a couple of his major dangers um then we'll go across to race six or neo stride he's probably a yeah, he's he's out of form and he's going to find it hard to to compete with a a couple of these. But um, he does have gate speed, so you know you might chance to run early and try and get across and try and take a bit of cover and give him his chance to run a place. Or will you just go back at the start? I'm not really sure to be honest. I haven't had much to do with him, so it's just up to you know what Ben what Ben thinks is best for him to be doing cover or going forward. I do know there's a couple of nice horses in it, so. Just have a talk to Ben and see what he's concerned about one. Then we'll go over to the the start discretionary. He's got a chance for Eureka. Um, you know, it's not the strongest. He's drawn outside the front, which which might help him early. He might be able to ping across. And if you happen to lob on top from out there, I reckon he can give a bit of a side around the you know eight or ten dollar mark. Yeah, I think he's a good chance. His run actually the other night in our race was really good because I seen Mitch was sort of three and four wide, you know, and he, and he actually hit the line, you know, he's only three metres off our half, so he was hitting the line nearly as strong as him, so he was he was a good run in that. And the start, when I drove him the week before, it was probably not a really good drive, you know, he sort of, made, he didn't step really good, and then I made a move and gave um, one of our cover, and then I sort of come off diamonds and cash his back, but if I had went back to the inside, he probably would have run third or fourth instead of running, you know, sixth or seventh. But I do like him. Nah. No, nah, he's definitely a chance, I think, especially, you know, because sometimes you can just, you know, get that pink start from a stand start on up the top of the yeah. track. And if you got across the tour on the inside of your three on the inside of you, I reckon you'll run a big race at, you know, good each way odds. Then we'll move over to the yeah. last. This is one of my favourite horses, Rock on Playboy. He's never got the chocolates for me, even though I've tipped him probably three or four times over the last three or four months. Um, I've jumped off this week, so don't be surprised to see him jump out of the ground and, and run a big race for you. Yeah, I hope so. I, was, I, was, I, was, like, I wanted to get on him. I like think he's run a few nice races this horse, so dropped back and grade enough from the other night, so hopefully he can get a card into it and be there about the end. Um, so, at the end of the day, you've got a pretty handy book of drives. I can't ask you about long distance because the drivers aren't out yet, mate, but what, what one would you push the yeah. listeners into out there to put a few dollars on? Yeah, that at um, Launceston or Sunday? Yeah, Hobart, mate, Hobart, Sunday. Nah, I like Jawbreaker. He's definitely a good each-way chance for sure. No, it's just been a pleasure catching up and just learning a bit more about you, mate. You know, like, I don't know how old you are, but, what, you're late 20s, are you? Yeah. 31. Corey? Um, 31. 31. Yeah, so I went far off and, um, you know, let's just hope, you know, Ben's, Ben's a good fella to be have behind you, mate. He's got plenty of horses and he's a good fella and um, he's not frightened to give fellas a go and he's definitely giving you a, a decent crack and... I can see your name charging up there in the driving ranks in Tassie, the, the driving tally for the year. And, you know, if we had a, had a bet for next year, mate, you'd be worth a few dollars for next year's driver's championship if there's a market out there for it because you're going to get plenty of opportunities, mate. And the best thing about you, you know how you can drive. And you made a comment to me just then that you, you drove a bad race on Eureka and a good driver always yeah. puts their hands up when they get it wrong. And that's something that I admire you, know, admire you straight away about, mate. Were you there, Corey? Still there, or we lost up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ja- Jamie's just giving you a big pump up. I think you got a bit embarrassed there, Jamie, for that big pump up. Corey, mate. No, no. Corey, mate. Uh, we might even see you back in Victoria at some stage soon. When Ben's got a big book, you might be able to fly over and get a morning off work and a hundred or so horses. You see if we can talk Ben into that. But yeah. in the meantime, mate, keep driving winners in Tassie, and thanks for coming on. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. There's Corey Bell and Jamie. I think if there was a market for leading driver next year, I don't think you'd get. I don't think you get that good of odds for Corey at the moment. He's driven nine winners from 41 drives uh, at a very good strike rate. So I'm not sure you get that good a price for him. No, well, he's, he's just he's taken over from, from Connor Crook, Toby. You know, as we mentioned yeah. when we done that survey, you know, Connor had drove him many winners, but he got all Ben's first choices. So. Now Corey's getting them choices, mate, and the opportunities he's going to get, and 
you know, I reckon he's nearly jobs on favourite to take out the driver's title next year as long as he hangs around for the next, you know, 15 to 18 months, mate, that's for sure. Oh, I think he will. Jamie, as always, mate, great to catch up and uh, we'll do it all again next week. All right, so see you, bud. There's Jamie Cockshut. Now, Taz Racing segment. Always great to have Jamie on. Let's get our final break away for the show. Uh, up after one o'clock, it's Cam Luke and Sam Highland. Uh, I saw it come up on my Twitter feed here, JD. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll get this breakaway. We'll come back with the boys. Uh, we'll lead into the boys on the other side. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Thanks, Robbie. It's back to Trot's Life, SEN track, your home of chasing, pacing and racing. It's a wrap-up for today. It's been a uh, time has flown through. Keith Kenner, terrific, uh, terrific chat with Keith. We do love getting those Riverina crew on. Uh, always good to catch up with Kate Hargraves as well. Mick Guren, our NZ correspondent, and Jamie Cockshut and Corey Bell. I think Corey uh, has got a big future in harness racing. He's pretty level-headed about going back and getting a trade. I don't think you're going to need that again, Corey, something tells me. Uh, today, in case you missed it, I've got about a minute here. I could just belt through my game plan. Ballarat tonight, I did the game plan for. Race two, number one, Fred Reese, 25 each way. Race four, number seven, Sunbody, 25 each way. And race seven, number one, Romney Brown, 50 each way. Uh, there's a bit of value there. And also, I've, I've done a lot of these tips I get, I seem to get them all into a place on a number of occasions. So I've gone with a big fella's place multi. And big fella, he does like putting all my tips in a little place multi. So I've called it the big fella's place multi. Yarra Valley today, race five, number three, into race seven, number one. And Ballarat, race seven, number one. Those three in a place multi will pay $19.36. If you need any of those or you didn't get to write them down, go to Twitter, Toby McKinnon 711, or it's also on SEN track. That's a wrap from me. Cam Luke is absolutely, he's almost pulling out there, ready to come on, <laughs> pulling as in over racing, <laughs> to come on to take you through a big afternoon. Sammy Highland will be down the line from QLD as well. And uh, the boys are got will have a big afternoon of tipping winners, no doubt. And, a feeling there'll be something magic for Savo. A big play, a big uh, party horse or something will get up. Tomorrow we go back to Jason Bonington. I think it's Nikita Ross's last Friday form panel. So that'll be some sort of a show that we, we don't want to miss tomorrow from uh, 10.30 till 12 o'clock. I'll miss it. I'll be in Mildura tomorrow in my role as a race day judge. So... Uh, be good to catch up with a few from Mildura tomorrow as well. And then Saturday night, I'll be out at Melton for the VHRMA night, the Victorian Harness Racing Media Association night. So I'll be able to catch up with a few of you out there at Melton on Saturday night. <laughs>